0: Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. J.A., as in Jaw, John ja Morant, because he took the greatest day in sports and he made it his own. He ripped that moment and he dominated, almost like nobody has ever dominated. Check out the stat line versus Marquette 17 points, 16 assists, 11 rebounds. The first NCAA tournament triple-double since Draymond Green back in 2012. The eighth in tournament history. 16 assists is the second most in a tournament game. Murray State, 83. Marquette, 64. That was an upset that did not feel anything like an upset because Murray State was the 12. Marquette was the 5. But it did not feel like a 12-5 game. Marquette is good. In fact, Marquette is very good. They've got a very good coach. They've got a stud of their own in Marcus Howard. But they had absolutely no answer yesterday. They ran into a buzzsaw. Murray State put that game to bed so early, the only question was whether or not Morant would get his 10 rebounds for that triple-double. And he did. Because this guy did everything yesterday. He did whatever he wanted. He didn't just dominate the first day of March Madness. He pretty much locked up the second pick of the NBA draft. And it's not just because of that dunk. You know the one I'm talking about. And if you don't, you will soon. That was not a game. No, that wasn't a game. What that was, was an event. That was a happening. But, but, whatever you do, do not call that a coming out party. I mean, don't get it twisted. There's a reason why he was on this show more than a month ago. There's a reason why his coach was on a few weeks back. I hate to say I told you so, but those who know already knew. Or as Jaw himself said afterwards, quote, Honestly, if they don't know me by now, I don't know what to say. I just hope they can really see not me, but Murray State is a great team, and we can run with the big dogs, end quote. Run with the big dogs? I'm not sure that they aren't one of the big dogs. Man, I know Jaw is. I know Jaw is. There is a reason why the Russell Westbrook comparison gets made so often. Because he is so explosive. And he's not just a scorer. He's a playmaker. This guy can do everything. That was not a debut. What that was, was a confirmation. Because he had it all working. Let's go to the highlights. How about the alley-oop? The screen from Cole. Back into the hands of Ja Morant. Trailed by Bailey. Look! Yeah, or how about that filthy step-back three at the end of the first half? No screen. It's all John. Step back. Jack. John! Put him on Shakedown Street. Shakedown Street. Yeah, that was just cruel and unnecessary. That was an NBA move in a college game. That shot had so much confidence in it. That was a grown-ass man move. And then there was the left-handed bullet pass. And if you're near a TV, look up now. Because you're about to see something you do not see very often. ...the hands of Morant with Joey Hauser and Brendan Bailey chasing, whipped inside, John Williams! He's having a great time. This kid's enjoying what he is doing. And by the way, that left hand is supposedly the weaker hand. And then there was this late bucket. A little rope dope coming right here, Carter. Morant on Bailey, shot, fake, floats it, and one more with an icing on the kick with a little finger roll from Ja. This guy's amazing. And then, of course, the iconic dunk. The one that nearly broke the internet into a thousand pieces. And if you missed it yesterday, do not sweat it. You're going to see it about a billion more times before the end of this tournament and in every tournament to come. Roll it. Kid wants to play. He wants the ball. The tournament's two leading scorers. And <laughs> happens at home. It's a joy. Uh oh. I mean, thoughts and prayers to Marquette freshman Joey Hauser. Joey's a nice player, a really nice player. He won Biggie's freshman of the week three different times this season. He averaged 10 and 5. He shot 42% from three as a six foot-9 forward. However, somebody needs to go to the front door of the Hauser household in Stevens Point and break the news to mom and dad because Jaw just stuffed that dude in a coffin. I mean, I hate to do that to that kid, but Jaw did. I mean, Joey could have a 10-year career in the NBA, and he's still going to be the guy that John ja Morant put on that poster in the NCAA tournament. I think I'd like to see that one more time. Kid wants to play. He wants the ball. The tournament's two leading scorers. and oh! happens at home. It's a jaw jam. I can't stop watching that. And then there's like the casual reaction after he passes the ball, the impeccable timing on the cut, and then the perfect pass back to Jaw. Then there's the collection of the pass, the elevation, and the finish. Again, that's a six foot two John Morant going up and over a six foot nine Joey Hauser. He's giving up seven inches, and he's not even flinching. And Morant's teammate Breon Whitley did have a piece of advice for Hauser and anybody else who has it in their head to try to deal with Jaw at the rim. He told Pete Thamel, "Quote: I hope homeboy gets some recovery, some ice." That was on his head. That was bad. Don't jump with jaw. End quote. Don't ibuprofen. Ice. Don't jump with jaw. Print that immediately. Get it to the people. Put it on a shirt. Don't jump with jaw because you'll get ruined. Now some reaction. Murray State head coach Matt McMahon, quote, He's a -a once-in-a-lifetime type player. His IQ for the game. He sees things before anyone else. End quote. Coach added, quote, It's amazing. Cross-court passes, lobs, backdoor cuts, whatever. It's always right where the ball needs to be to lead his teammate into the shot. He's had multiple games this year where more than half his assists were one-handed lefty passes. End quote. And then another reaction from my guy, Preon Whitley, quote, Teams should be scared to play us. End quote. That's kind of where I'm getting at. That's the truth. Everybody should be afraid of Murray State, but not just because of Jaw. They've got talent. They've got internal expectations. And nobody's internal expectations are higher than Morant's. Were you impressed by his performance? You should be. Just know that he wasn't. Tom Shad of USA Today tweeted, fun fact, John Morant grades his performance after every game. He gave himself a a 3.5 out of 5 today. Too many turnovers, he said. My man just had one of the greatest games in NCAA tournament history, and he gave it a three and a half. That's a 70. It's a C-. minus. That's barely above a D. And then the best part of all was Jaws' tweet after the game. And I quote, relax. I'm not done yet. Like, settle down. You haven't seen nothing yet. I've got even more. I'm not sure I could ever remember clapping when I saw a tweet, but I clapped for that one. I clap when I saw that one. Yes. Hell yes. Go on, young fella. Go on. Mark Turgeon is my guest. Mark, it's great to have you back. How are you?
1: I'm good, Jim. How you doing?
0: Good. Good to visit with you, Mark. So take me back earlier this week when you saw the selection show and you saw the possibility that you might face Belmont in your first game. Knowing how good of a coach Rick Bird is, knowing how confident they are as a team, what were your initial thoughts?
1: Well, you're always just so excited to be in it um so we were we were super thrilled and then we got to stay on the east coast we're down here in jacksonville 75 degrees today so things are good but uh i've known rick for a long time when i was a young coach at jacksonville state he was at belmont and we got to know each other we'd see each other on the road and and uh spent a lot of time with him so i had a ton of respect for him uh they're a heck of a team even better than i thought they were going to be in person because we we played well yesterday and was we very lucky to win and And uh, he just does such a great job, and and they play a a unique style, and they're really hard to guard. Um, And I I told him before the game, I said it was a real thrill for me to coach against him. You know, he's one of the winningest coaches in our game, one of the best coaches our game's ever seen. So it was a big honor for me to coach against Rick yesterday.
0: Maryland beats Belmont. Mark Turgeon joining us. You know, Mark, you knew it was going to be tough. You knew it was going to be a battle, and sure enough, it was. They got up by 12 in the first half, and they led by six at halftime. I'm curious, what was your message to your team during the break?
1: Well, you know, we missed six layups in the first half and probably seven wide open beats. And I felt really good on being down six. And, uh, we battled a little foul trouble right before half. We made a little run. I told the guys, I said, we're in great shape, fellas. Uh, we just got to play better than we played. And, but we got to do it on the defensive end. And we started the second half with just great energy. Defensively, we were terrific. Went on a 14 to 0 run and, uh, and built an eight point lead. And I felt pretty good at the time. But, uh, my man Wimler just went crazy on us, making some incredible shots. Um, and, uh, they're you know, they're hard to guard. And, and give them credit. We knew they were going to come back. But uh, uh, then we got down six again. You know, and, we, and We really had to fight and battle. And we're just really proud of my group to to keep battling and come out on top.
0: Yeah, I think they showed so much in the way they came back and battled in the second half. Hey, listen up. Finding high-quality clothes that fit great is not always easy. But I found it. I found it because of a company called outer known outer known was founded by pro surfer and 11 time world champion kelly slater i already have a closet full of the product and i'm looking to add even more that's how strongly i feel about it not only is it a great product it's a great company they're on a mission to provide great clothes that do not harm the environment outer known clothes are for people and planet high quality sustainable clothes durable construction and a tremendous fit Also, Outer Known only works with factories that pay fair living wages and provide safe working conditions. Trust me on this go to outerknown.com right now, enter my code rome at checkout and you'll get 25% off your full price order. Again, outerknown.com. I'll spell it for you. O U T E R K N O W N.com. Remember, use my code rome at checkout get 25% off. Check them out today outerknown.com and do not forget to use the promo code and get 25% off. Promo code is rome.outerknown.com especially, Mark, when you consider you've got the second youngest team in the tournament, so how'd you go about preparing them for the tournament experience and moments like the end of that game?
1: Well, you know, I'm I'm hoping for the rookie mentality deal. They don't know any better. They just go out there and play their tails off. And, you know, so only one player that played yesterday has played in an NCAA tournament game. And he probably had, you know, he had an okay game, but he shot the worst for us. He was three for 18, Anthony Cowell, and the rest of the guys played, you know, shot the ball a little bit better. But, um I told him after the game, you know, we, we just tried we just tried to stay the course, Next play, get, keep fighting through it. But, you know, after the game, I, one of the first things I said to him was, how lucky are you guys to be able to play a game that was so important and such a great college basketball game and to come out on top. I said, this, this is a day you'll never forget. You should feel very fortunate to be a part of it. It was a great, great environment, just uh, amazing building. Yesterday it was just a lot of fun, so it's a day our, our young guys and our team will never forget.
0: You know, Mark. To that point, you know the deal, fair or not. There is so much weight put on the NCAA tournament in terms of whether or not it was a successful season, fair or not, right? So, what's it mean to you yeah. and to your players to get that win and to move on?
1: Well, it was huge for us for a couple of reasons. We hadn't won a postseason game for a couple of years, so you know, um, people are they start to talk about the negatives instead of the positives. So we got that behind us and we we're able to get a win. But more importantly, I got seven of my top eight are freshmen and sophomores, so this is going to help us moving forward, it gives us confidence moving forward to tomorrow's game, and it will give us confidence moving forward, you know, for the next few years. So uh, it was really a significant moment for us, uh, for us to get that stop there at the end of the game. We got a deflection and a steal. And, and, and to come out with that win, it's going to do ama- – I should do amazing things for our program moving forward.
0: Mark and joining us for a few more moments. Mark, I want to make another point, too. Bruno Fernando said after the game, I want to read you this quote. We had to get that one for Coach. I will say it again. He's been through a lot of things for us. He puts a lot on himself. There's a lot of criticism and blame on him for us to be able to get that win. To get the first one out of the way for him – now we've got to be able to focus on the next one. Listen, I know you're not going to make it about you, but what's it mean to you to hear that from him, and how would you describe the bond that you have with this group?
1: Well, they, they know I care about them, and they know I try to take all the heat uh, for them, um, especially being such a young team. And In today's world, it's sometimes it's just never enough. Even if you have the fourth youngest team in the country, uh, it's never enough. So uh, we love each other. We care about each other. Um, I, I feel it. I know they're trying hard. But in the end it was about them. When I walked in the locker room after the game, I usually don't make a fool out of myself too often, but just to see how happy they were, their faces, it was a great day for me just to have such a young team, uh, be a part of such a great moment.
0: Hey, Mark, it might have been someone out of character for you, but it's just one of my favorite things. I love it. I love that about the tournament. The shot in the locker room after a win, you came in, your fists were clenched, you were fired up. I could tell how, how happy you were for the kids. One last thought, you've got that tight turnaround before you face LSU tomorrow. How do you go about approaching today, and what is your number one concern when it comes to LSU?
1: Well, as coaches, we were up late watching film, obviously, um, on LSU. I had a guy that's been watching them all week, uh, preparing for them. Um, it's the most athletic team in the country um, they, they make the game look easy um, when I was a kid you play with a Nerf ball you know you go up and dunk it on, you have it on the door and you you dunk it that's the way they look sometimes uh, they're just super talented then I think they got the best point guard in, in the country so it's a heck of a challenge for us we're going to have to be great defensively we're going to have to be great with the ball again yesterday we only had five turnovers we're going to have to really do a great job they forced a ton of turnovers um, they're excellent defensively with their lanes. So, and then rebounding. We've been a good rebounding team all year. They've been a good rebounding team. We have to be a terrific rebounding team tomorrow to give ourselves a chance to win.
0: Maryland beats Belmont yesterday, 79-77. They advance. Next up, they've got LSU. Mark Turgeon is the head basketball coach at Maryland. Mark, I know it's a really busy day. Thanks for making time for the jungle like you always do, and it's great to have you back.
1: All right. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it.
0: I think that everybody listening right now can agree on what I'm about to say. Nobody really has time to go to the post office. Not me, not you, not anybody. You're busy. Who has time for all the traffic, the parking, the lugging of all your mail and packages? Man, it is a major hassle. We know this. This is why you need Stamps.com. It's one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office, and it saves you money with discounts that you simply can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your computer. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, an online seller shipping out products, or even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle all of that with ease. Stamps.com is an absolute no-brainer. It saves you both time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. I use it. I love it. And right now, I've got a special offer for you. A four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Jump on that. Go to Stamps.com. Click on the microphone. It's at the top of the homepage. Type in Rome. Stamps.com. Enter Rome. I use it, and I love it. You will, too. Stamps.com. Enter Rome. All right, so I've been hyping it up this week. I will be in North County, San Diego, Tonight is the night this all goes down. So if you're in the SDOC LA area, if you want to kick it, head on over to my Twitter feed. Find the link that I posted for free tickets to the event in Escondido. I'm going to be at a venue called The Center from 6 to 8 p.m. The entire thing, though, starts at 3 with a live broadcast of a 97.3 local show, which features Tony Gwynn Jr. and Chris Ello. A couple of pros. Pros couple of pros, you want to go check them out, 3 p.m. Like I've always said, it pumps me up whenever I get a chance to get back to San Diego. That's where the jungle really started. And then on top of that, you throw in some grub, some drink, some golf, March Madness games, and you've got yourself a pretty banging Friday night in America's Finest City. Also, come hang out. I'm going to be there with a media star, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network. He'll be there to talk about his career, talks NFL. He he literally is the preeminent draft analyst in this country. So he's going to be there to share some of his thoughts going into the NFL draft. The entire 973 crew should be there. My man Dan Silio should be there. And we will be entering you to win tickets to the Rolling Stones at the Rose Bowl in May. Again, all the info is linked through my Twitter feed, or you can head on over to 97.3, the fan's website. Get it there. you got to have a ticket to get in. They're free, but make sure you have a ticket before space runs out. We're expecting a nice turnout. Hope to see you all there tonight, and I will be there at about 6 p.m. All the festivities, though, start at 3 p.m. Mike Brown is my guest. Mike, it is so good to have you back. How are you, Mike? I'm good. How you doing, Jim? My man, Mike. It's good to hear your voice. Great to have you back. I'm great. Let me ask you about last night's game, Mike. You're coming off that win last night against Indiana. You held them to 89. Last Saturday, you held Oklahoma City to 88. What do you make of how everybody's been showing up on the defensive end lately?
2: Uh, you know, I, I tell you what, this seems to be our trend. It kind of happened like this for us last year. We had up and down performances throughout the course of the year, but as we got closer to the playoffs, you know, everybody locked in, and, and, you know, they knew it was uh, money time or crunch time. And we have veterans that have been through this, as you know, uh, many times before, and, and they know when to step up. And going into the playoffs anyway, this is about the right time. So our guys know what doing to do on the defense in the floor. I think it's just a matter of us locking in uh, on a night in, night out basis, especially as we get close to the playoff time that uh, really helped us out.
0: Mike Brown joining us. You know, that is a theme, Mike, and I'm going to go back to that in one second. I do want to ask you, there was also the home debut of Andrew Bogut, who played nine minutes. He got a great standing ovation. What does he bring to the team now that he's back?
2: Uh, You know, he's brought a a, a new energy. It's almost like getting, uh, 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 adding a newborn uh, member to the family, or in this case, uh, you know, your your son graduates from high school. He goes away to college and does his thing, and then he finally comes back home and he, Besides the uh, take up shop uh, around the house and and everybody's just loving the energy that they, that he brings back, loving his presence and and I think even more so uh, right now because he hasn't played a ton of basketball for us, but just him being around his uh his, how friendly he is, everybody really likes him his energy that has brought a lot to the table and then you look at a guy that's you know seven Feet one seven two. He's a big body. DeMarcus couldn't play uh, in, in in two games for us, and Andrew stepped up, and and we didn't miss a beat because of the size, especially some of the size of the centers uh, in in the Western Conference. He gives us that presence on both ends of the floor, and then obviously he just knows how to play. He passes the ball like Northern big uh, does. He's got a feel for, for for setting great screens for our shooters, of pinning and slipping it. A lot of little things he does on the basketball court, too, that uh, just help propel us to another level.
0: Golden State Warriors assistant coach Mike Brown back in the jungle. You know, Mike, at the same time, the game was marked by the news of the death of a close friend of Kevin Durant and Quinn Cook. How do you, as a coaching staff and a locker room, go about supporting them in a tough time like this?
2: You know, they, we just want them to know that we're there for them.
0: Uh, you know, it's tough because. Obviously, we didn't know the guy,
2: and uh, <clears throat> we didn't know the the extent of the relationship. And Steve, and but Steve Kerr and Bob Myers are, are really good uh, when it comes to anything outside of basketball. With all of our guys, if if they need a time off, if they need to go to to, to uh, uh, the funeral, uh, they they are more than welcome to go or take any amount of time off that they want. Uh, but just knowing that we're there for them and we support uh them, whether it's on the floor or off the floor, at all times, uh, as long as they have that feeling and we, we show it uh, with our actions, uh, they, they're good to go.
0: Mike, I think that's really interesting We just said, that Steve Kerr and Bob Myers are really good at things outside of basketball as well. You know, whenever I talk to coaches in college and the pros, the term culture comes up over and over again. It would seem to me that you pretty much have the gold standard of culture at Golden State. How would you describe the culture there, and how important is it?
2: Well, it starts with those two guys and, and, and Joe Lakup. You know, Joe empowers those guys to do their job, and they respect Joe enough that they keep him in the loop, obviously on everything. And and it's uh, a decision by committee. Uh, and but the, the the funny thing is that uh, Joe knows that, that Steve and and Bob have, uh, that he knows what they bring to the table, and he allows them to do it. And and so having those guys uh, lead the way and, and preach uh preach culture preach family uh preach some of the values you know uh joy compassion that uh they've already set forth and following up on them uh is, is ideal and when our guys not only the players but even coaches employees uh or other organization see how connected that uh, Bob and Steve are everybody just ca- kind of follows suit especially when you have uh your leaders on your basketball team uh, that see the same vision for what your organization should be. You know, having a guy like Steph Curry in the locker room, you know, Clay Thompson, Raymond Green, Kevin Durant, th- those guys being here year after year after year, having bought into the culture, now <clears throat> they preach that same culture uh, or the, the the same values whenever the coaching staff's not around, and so it permeates throughout the organization, which makes it easier on all of us to dump on board.
0: Mike Brown has three NBA championships to his credit. He was the NBA coach of the year back in 2009. We're talking Golden State basketball. So, Mike, back to your first point. The team is looking to reach the NBA Finals for the fifth year in a row. Nobody's done that since the Celtics back in the late 50s. Knowing the grind of the NBA season and then you add the grind of the playoffs on top of that, what in your mind is the bigger challenge? Is it the physical grind or the mental grind?
2: You know, by far, it's the mental grind. You know, I mean, it, it's hard and people kind of take it lightly because they not a lot of people have been in this position and, but being a team that's been on top year after year after year uh, like our players have put us in uh, it, it's tough because everybody is gunning for you every single day not only when they're playing you but before they play you they're marking our game and it's a big game for them because a lot of times it's a measuring stick and just the the Mental wear and tear of the the season and getting everybody's best shot you know night in and night out and trying to perform at the level that you think that you should be performing at, knowing that sometimes you're going to fall short and because you fall short you take it uh, probably harder than most uh that's 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 uh that's that's wear a lot of wear and tear on you and then you know because of who we are we're under the microscope too and uh you know we we, we have to make sure that we stay connected and and we try to stay as focused as we can, but the season is long and and sometimes you know individually we'll lose sight of certain things and things may creep in uh, in the locker room from time to time. But, you know, at at the end of the day, if you are a group that has a chance to compete for a championship, which obviously we are, you'll figure out any ups and downs that you go through throughout the course of the regular season, because you're going to go through some during during your playoff run. And and we've shown, you know, three of the last four years that we've been able to figure it out. And I don't don't see much different with this
0: group. Golden State Assistant Coach Mike Brown joining us. Mike, because you've done this before, you know what to look for. So what are the signs that you look to see to let you know that your guys are locked in and they are ready to go when it matters most?
2: You know, it's the little things, especially for us uh, uh, defensively. Uh, Offensively, you know, throughout the course of the year, with the scores that we have on this team, uh, we're, we're able to put up points. You know, not only can our guys score points, but they're, they're terrific passers, they're terrific ball handlers. So we're going to be able to put points up on the board. Uh, but but everybody, especially because we're able to do that, they kind of lose sight that defensively you have to be really good uh, in order to make a deep playoff run. And uh, when our guys start taking care of the little things, you know, making that extra rotation, um, <clears throat> getting back in defensive transition, even after t- a bad turnover, uh, challenging you know, 75 80% of, uh, of, if not more of, of shots out there, not giving up, uh, you know, uh, offensive rebounds to your opponents, winning the possession game, night in, night out, little things like that. When those things start adding up for us, uh, we're deadly just because of how potent our offense is. And uh, we're starting to see that in the last five, six games – uh on that end of the floor and that's what makes it exciting you, you know that uh, spring is right around the corner and, and our playoff
0: run is about to begin. mike brown joining us mike speaking of the little things you're known as a detail guy which is why you gained a rep in colorado springs as one of the great D dungeon masters <laughs> back in the day before we do anything else what was your approach to dungeons and dragons and were you as good as everybody said you were
2: Oh, Jim. oh, you never ceased to be amazing, Jim. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I felt like I was good. Heck yeah. yeah you know, I was always the dungeon master. You know, I, I did things to make sure that everybody had a lot of fun. But, hey. It was challenging, and not many people survived when they tried to go through
0: my, my world. So I was the man. I love it. I knew it. I knew that would be the answer, and I believe it's true. You know, I'm like, that's awesome. You know, you always, when you think about Golden State, you always think about the big dogs. Everybody wants to talk about Steph and KD and Clay. I want to ask you about Andre Iguodala. He does not get the attention that some of his teammates do. What does he mean, though, in terms of leadership to that team, his knowledge and his ability to do all the little things you're talking about?
2: I, You know, Jim, I, you hit it on the head. You know, Andre, and even a guy like Sean Livingston, they, those two guys yeah. don't get a, a ton of credit at all, and and there are veteran guys that have led us throughout this long run. But when Steve had gotten sick and he missed 11 games during my first year here during the playoffs, we went 11-0, and you know, I contributed, obviously, to all of our coaches were great, all of our players were great, from KD to Draymond on down the line. But uh, for me, the one catalyst was, Andre, Andre stepped up in a leadership role. Uh, and, and it was almost like he was—he put his arm around me and said, hey, Mike, we're going to do this together. I got your back. On the floor, off the floor, in the locker room, during timeouts, which made my job a whole heck of a lot easier because he understands all the little things that you need to be able to do in order to win and win at a high level. When we were playing Houston, I think it was last year during the during the, during the playoffs, And and Andre got hurt. He was out for the next two, three games, whatever it was. Uh, We we lost, in my opinion, because of him, because of the little things that he brings defensively uh, to the table to help us be able to switch. He can guard players one through four and five at some times. Uh, Offensively, he's so versatile uh, on the floor that he makes the game easier for everybody else because he's in the right position or he's making the right pass or he's getting a lob at the rim because he's cutting at the right time. So I can't say enough about Andre's leadership off the floor, on the floor, particularly when Steve was out, and then, you know, even going forward for us, uh he's just a jack a guy that uh is a jack of all trades and we'd probably be lost without him.
0: And Mike, I've got about a minute left. You've had really a fascinating career, I think, and you and I have done this for a long time. Your name has come what? up for head coaching jobs in the past. It's happening once again. Obviously, you've got an amazing thing going in Golden State. So, how do you evaluate these other opportunities as they come up now?
2: You know, Jim, being around like like we as long as we both have, I, you know, you sit back and you evaluate potential situations out there, and, and time after time, I, I see people having. Uh, success in this league when uh, the general manager and the head coach are connected. Uh, When when those two guys are are connected, uh, I think you can accomplish some special things in this league. Uh, And and so for me, if the opportunity comes up, there's a lot of things that I'm going to evaluate. In particular, uh, who is the GM? What's his connection to the ownership group? And how do I feel like I'll be able to work with this guy in my opinion, that's almost as important, if not more important, than how good or bad your team is at that particular moment in time. So, uh, you know, if the opportunity comes back my way, uh, obviously I'll explore it. But uh, I've been here, done that, and I probably won't just jump at anything
0: throw my direction. That makes a lot of sense to me. That's a great answer. Mike Brown is an assistant coach with Golden State. He's got those three rings already. He is a former coach of the year. Golden State's in first in the West, and they're hosting Dallas tomorrow night. My man, that was so good to get caught up, Mike. I'm so glad we did that. Thank you very much, and great to have you on the show again. Yeah, it was fun, Jim. I I appreciate you having me on. March Madness in full force. It's going on right now. It's time for you to bet with the very best in my bookie. Here is why you should bet with my bookie. They've been in business for years. They're growing fast. I mean, like wildfire. And the best part is, they pay out fast. So when you call that upset, you wanna make sure you celebrate. You wanna make sure you're pocketing cold, hard cash and you're getting it fast. And you will. March Madness is the most exciting, action packed sporting event of the entire year. So place your bets with my bookie. Do it right now before you miss out. Bet with the best. Only at MyBookie. In fact, try it for yourself by going to MyBookie.ag today. If you deposit right now, MyBookie will give you a 50% sign-up bonus up to 1000 bucks, just for... Rome. That's an amazing deal. Promo code Rome. You play, you win, you get paid. Only at MyBookie.ag. Adam Hawk has decided to run the LA Marathon. I mean, check that. But only after completely checking out... From training for said marathon, if there's a more Hawk thing than this, I'm just not sure what it is. And knowing all the Hawk moments that this dude has produced in the two plus years that he's been my EP, that really is saying something, right? Deciding to run your first marathon after having a kid a few months earlier is one thing. But deciding to roll out and run 26.2 across the hilly terrain of Los Angeles after straight up quitting on your training, and not sliding into a pair of sneakers in weeks prior to the race is all sorts of dumb. Hawk's Marathon had become a thing on the show because I wanted to give him credit for running a half marathon in training. I said, Hawk, i got to give it to you. 13-1? That's impressive. I've never run 13 miles. That's really impressive. Well, that's great because no sooner than I gave him a big attaboy, He has run literally twice since then. And Marathoner Nation has also showed up to issue Hawk a fairly stern warning. Running in his state is not just dumb. It could literally be deadly. So, I guess what I'm saying is, and not to make light, but literally, this could be his last show. Dude, roll out of this studio today. Accompany me to Escondido tonight. But roll out of the studio today and then roll out of the LA Marathon on a gurney. And in fact, if this really is it, I want to say one thing. And I mean this sincerely to the guy with the stash and the cat tat across the glass. And I'll say it to your face, Hawk. Thanks for the memories. It was never going to be easy for you to fill the shoes of those who came before you. And maybe you knew that. Because I'm pretty sure that you never even tried, Hawk. It all started so badly. That first big roadie that frankly I thought you probably were not ready for but I wanted to throw you in the fire and then when I did, you proved me right. You were not ready. The roadie with the boss man and the broadcast legend that is Craig Kitchen. You say no to a drink we don't do this. We go on the road. Top shelf liquor. A rare moment. You're with your new boss. You're with the legend of the game, Craig Kitchen. I order a cocktail. Craig, who really doesn't drink, orders a cocktail. And you order water. Because of something called Dryuary. The executive producer of a world-renowned nationally syndicated sports radio program that has been in existence for roughly three decades heard on over 200 stations in both the u.s and canada both had no idea who larry holmes was that's you hawk had no idea who digger phelps was when he called also you hawk My previous EP was an I. Uh, let me back up. Let me back up for a minute. You also thought Johnny Unitas was the quote drunk guy who wanted to kiss Susie Kolber. Remember that? I said Hawk. You know who Johnny Unitas is, don't you? Oh yeah, I got that one. I got that one. Who Hawk? He's the drunk guy that tried to kiss Susie Kolber. Wrong again. Does this sound like Johnny Unitas? No. The guy that you followed was an Ivy League graduate who played college football. You are a junior college dropout who wrecked his back putting on a golf shoe. The same guy who's gotten a tattoo of his cat. The same guy who's got a porn stash, who was the CEO of Tiger Honk Nation. Although Keith Arnold, who is going to finish the marathon, is not far behind in that regard. But the same guy who brags about being, brags about being the bag, who stiffs salespeople on running shoes, something you're proud of. The guy who is supposed to represent me and my brand, manages to do something to damage me and my brand, virtually every single day. Yet, has also managed to create more content. By being Hawk. then pretty much anybody who's ever been here. Maybe even more than Jay Stew. And Jay Stew was a content machine. By being Jay Stew. And I will say Hawk. You know the more I think about it. You do bring a good attitude every single day. You do. A terrible look but a good attitude. And you know what? If I'm being really fair about this. You have gotten better at your job. And not everybody does. You do get a little better every single day dare I say, you've turned into a good EP. Even, and I can't believe this is going to come flying out of my pie hole, a damn good EP. Even more unbelievable, where's that dead music, Albie? Even more unbelievable, a damn good EP, who doesn't know a damn thing about sports? It's incredible. So, Hawk, if in fact this really is it, And this marathon literally could be the thing that puts you in the ground. Let me just say this. It's not too late. It's never too late to do the right thing. Drop out now, bum. It's never too late to do the right thing. Drop out now. Do the right thing, Hawk. Mike Young is the head coach of Wofford. Mike, great to have you back. Congrats. Nice to have you on. How are you?
3: Jim, I'm awesome. Um, My team is playing again tomorrow. I get a chance to go over and practice here in just a minute. We won our 30th game of the year. Um, So much fun. And um, thankful for thankful for the opportunity.
0: My man, it's great. I'm so happy for you. You know, when you and I spoke last month, we talked about the very good feeling you had about this team and what it might do. That it might do something special. Then you go out and you beat Seton Hall 84-68. The first NCAA tournament win in school history. I know you feel great. How special was that moment and what it was it like to celebrate with your fans and your team?
3: Uh, the best. I mean, the ultimate. You know, We uh, were up I think 10 at the half. Um, we had done a really nice job with the Special player Miles Powell, we knew they would come back. They did. They took the lead in the second half. But as this team has done so many times throughout the course of the season, they just hang in there and keep chipping away at it. And then, um, you know, the sky opens and Fletcher uh, McGee got a couple down. Nathan Hoover hit a couple of huge shots for us. We defended at a high level and uh, found a way to get out of there with an enormous win. Hard to win in that thing, Jim. I mean, you're playing really good people, and um, you know, not a lot of familiarity. A lot of times, we knew nothing about and all, to be frank, uh, when uh, you know selection show uh, came around on uh, on Sunday. But um, a special night for our team, our program. Uh, our city and couldn't be more happy
0: mike it is hard to win in that thing it's the hardest thing in the world to win in that thing and as you mentioned you're up at 10 at halftime but then seton hall went on their run they took a lead with under eight minutes to go but there was absolutely no sign of panic among your guys what's that say about your team
3: well i think it says um you know the poise and um you know, uh, toughness uh, that uh, they continue to show. And I think that is a reflection of, you know, having um, players in all classes, you know, the three seniors. And Hoover's in the junior class. Storm Murphy's played a lot of basketball here as a sophomore. Um, never, never one time in that environment, on that platform, uh, was there ever a look in their eye like we got a problem here. It was, uh, you know, next play, what's next? Let's uh, string together a couple of stops. Uh, We know we're going to score. That's never been an issue with this team. We're going to score enough to win. Uh, Can we defend and rebound? And we did that when it mattered most and, you know, helped us win another game.
0: Wofford advances. Their head coach, Mike Young, is my guest. Fletcher McGee had seven threes yesterday. He broke the career record. I'll get to that, Mike, in one moment. But as you've said before, quote, he can shoot the snot out of it. How big were his threes in the final eight minutes?
3: Oh, gosh. And I know Coach Willard, who's a terrific coach. I know he's just sick. Um, They've done a nice job with him. They went to their matchup, and they were really marking him. Um, They would stay with him as he would cut along the baseline or cut over the top. Uh, And, you know, we just ran something we haven't run in a while. We got him behind the screen. He buried one. And um, that kind of ignited uh, you know several things uh, that uh, spun off of that, and then you know I've seen it so many times throughout his career. Um, he gets off screens better, um, and it just um, you know a remarkable player. You have a guy like that. I mean, you can do a lot of neat things where it's not that hard. Uh, he is um, he's a special man.
0: We're talking to Mike Young. You know, Mike, it was not just Fletcher either. You mentioned Willard, Kevin Willard. He also had, was hyping Cameron Jackson before that game, and Jackson went off for 14 points and 10 rebounds. Willard said after the game, Mike, and I quote, my biggest fear came true was that Jackson was going to take over the game. I thought the biggest difference in the game was, A, we turned the ball over. B, early in the game, he settled them down. He got them going, end quote, quote, how significant, in your opinion, was Jackson's role, especially in that first half, Mike?
3: Well, Jim, I mean, he is I, he is a he's a terrific player. I think I told you the last time we talked, he could play anywhere. He can play anywhere in the country. He wouldn't be Kentucky's best front-line player, but he would help them win games. He's big as a house. He's got great hands, um, a terrific passer. And when we can play through him, and if you play him one on one, that's going to be really hard for you. They doubled him last night. The rotation's bad. We throw the ball to the basket, and we get uh, we get a dunk. Um, we do, we do run so much through him uh, because of his skill and uh, ability to score, pass, and you know handle the ball. And uh, you'll see much the same stuff by uh, tomorrow. I hope it. I hope hope we have some luck with it.
0: Mike, one more thought about him. There's a great, great story about Jackson from a while back. He had put himself in a position to graduate early, and there were going to be big programs that would love to bring him in as a graduate transfer. So you drove seven hours from campus to his home to make your pitch to keep him. How'd that conversation go? What did you say?
3: Yeah, it's a great story. I did. You know, I mean, in this day and age, you've got to recruit your own uh, at times. And it was after his sophomore year, you're kind of looking into the, you know, into the future a little bit. And, you know, he's going to be a coveted guy. Some of these, some of these guys, Jim, I had to, it's embarrassing. They have lists of kids that have redshirted during their careers in hopes that they may graduate and, um, you know, leave and play one year, another place. So getting out in front of that, I did. I made that drive. I'm from Virginia. Uh, he's in Winchester in the eastern part of the state and drove up there, sat down with him. We had, um, we had a bite to eat together, and uh, early in the conversation, I started going down that road, and he stopped me, and he said, wait a second, wait a second. Are you telling me you drove all the way up here to have this conversation? I said, well, yeah, you're kind of important to me there, big fellow. And he said, well, you just wasted a lot of time. I would never... Even entertain the thoughts. I'm not going anywhere. You're stuck with me. Mm. And I got back in my car and I drove another seven hours, uh, back home. Um, and he never blinked. And never one time did I ever hear anything about, um, the possibility of him, uh, you know, being shopped around and just the kind of person he is. He's really smart, really, really a smart person, a great student. And, um, you know, he loves, uh, he loves, you know, his experience at Wofford.
0: Mike, that is a great story. That is a great story. Mike Young is the head coach at Wofford. He joins us for a few more moments. So now you're going to face Kentucky tomorrow. Before we talk about that matchup, you have never been afraid to take on huge programs, but what's it mean to hear Wofford versus Kentucky in the NCAA tournament for the right to go to the Sweet 16? How's that sound?
3: Well, it's, I, it's, I, I've pitched myself a couple of times here. Are you kidding me? Wofford versus the University of Kentucky National Television. Coach Cal, T.J. Washington, I hope he plays. I hate seeing kids get hurt. Um, the history and tradition of that program and for our boys, you know, to strap it up and uh, go compete against them tomorrow is, um, you know, is a dream-like stuff. Um, and we've got our hands full. It's Kentucky. They're really good. Um but uh, we look forward to it. Uh, I know my boys will fight like dogs and uh, try to put ourselves in position to win another one.
0: All right, so you had the chance to see Kentucky walk onto the practice floor the other day. What do you make of what you saw and what jumps out to you the most about Kentucky?
3: Yeah, I quickly turned around and walked back out, hoping that I uh, <laughs> my eyes were playing tricks on me. I've never seen, uh, you know, I mean, we played North Carolina earlier. Uh, Coach Williams was kind enough to come to Spartanburg and they're just enormous but their front line and any of their guards are just big men and um you know I mean they're good basketball players really skilled um I just struck just struck by their sheer size and how well they move and uh it'll be uh it'll be a challenge
0: yeah, Mike, one last thought about Fletcher before I let you go, and I really appreciate your time. During that game, I mean, you're focused on the game, but you've had a little bit of time right now. What's it mean to see him set that NCAA record for threes and to do it on that big of a stage?
3: Uh, I'm happy for him. and I'm happy for, you know, what he's accomplished at our place. Jim, I continue to go back to, um, you know, the record's great, but the uh, sweat equity and... The work that that young man has put in during his time here is, um, is, is uncommon. Uh, you don't see guys work like he does to get better, uh, every day, uh, every day. And, um, you know, to see that rewarded doesn't always happen. Uh, but, um, this didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen because he wanted it to. It happened because he worked his tail off. And, um, You know, he's reaping those uh, benefits and rewards now.
0: I'd like to reiterate, Mike, you've been the head coach there 17 years. You've been at that school 30 years. And now Wofford's got an NCAA tournament victory under their belt and a great, great opportunity going up against Kentucky tomorrow on CBS. Mike, congrats. Really great of you to come on and share your thoughts on that. Good luck tomorrow, and it's great to talk to you again, Mike.
3: Jim, I really appreciate you having me on. I love your show, and I wish you well.
0: What I have is Alvi's week that was coming up. In fact, Alvin, why don't you just roll that thing right now? to the jungle. A very good Monday to you. My name is Jim Rome. Great to have you here. Hope you had an outstanding weekend. And We are all set. Selection Sunday behind us. And a lot to talk about regarding the bracket. So let's not waste any time. After watching the return of Zion, does anybody anywhere have any complaints about Duke being number one overall? Certainly Duke is Duke. They are. The darndest thing happened. The committee started to get it right. No bracket is ever going to be perfect. Somebody's always going to be angry. But tip your hat, this group did a really nice job. Sean Rothstein. Virginia will
3: Exercise the demons out of the region of grind. Duke will be out of the region of prospect. Michigan will be
1: out of the region of sizzle. In the region of pace, North Carolina will win the national championship.
0: It's $190. bucks. i am doing it. I'm going to listen to Goggins because I kind of fancy myself, a, you know, a David Goggins. How? Why? Very well, what similar do you have in common with Goggins? Mentals. He's the baddest man alive. Not named Jocko. Or me. Greg. Freaking horrenda. You were at the airport with Kerry Kittles and your leg did not feel very good. Who does your homework? You're unbelievable. Come on, man. I am so impressed. I tell our team all the time that you will forever be judged by what you're not supposed oh, to do. You're the best. I love that quote. Tell me what you mean by that. Amen, brother. Val Moten joining us. But I don't like any part of playing against Zion. That'd be like me playing my six-year-old son. They even come back at me and say, well, coach, we know you may not show
3: up because Coach K on the sideline. It's just all <laughs> tongue and cheek stuff, man. Every man put our pants on
0: just like us. It's not his fault they're not getting it done. It's Mike Trout, baseball is different. That'd be a shame. <laughs> but not as bad as losing this guy to Philadelphia. Not as bad as bringing this guy up. The next Mickey Mantle and then watching him walk. They did what they had to do. Taco Fall is my guess. When you go out in public, people constantly want to come up to you and they want to take photographs. The way I think
1: about it is if I saw someone that was 10 feet tall I probably would be amazed, too, and we'd try to come up to him and ask him questions. This
0: narrative
1: that Eli's overpaid and can't play is a
0: crock. Dave Gettleman just took all of your takes on Eli Manning and dunked them in the wrong basket and then pointed at the crowd. Crock. Borderline idiotic. I'm telling you. Scooter at Jeanette. What is the message you want to put out there with that shirt? Yeah, it says, say hello. Really, the idea is it could be something as simple
1: as just saying hello to somebody. By
0: saying hello to somebody, it's going to start a conversation or maybe just make somebody's day better. Hello. Of Andy Green, Fernando Tatis Jr. How high is his ceiling?
1: If this kid keeps his head down and works, he's going to be really, really good for a really long time. And
0: I know, clones. Going. Will he hit two grand slams in the same game off Chan Ho Park Jr.? A second grand slam home run for Fernando <laughs> to- we know that he's a legitimate detective. Detective Dan in Buffalo. Dan, what's up? Hey,
1: listen, we both know the real reason why Hawk isn't running this marathon. He got his sneaker stolen, right? How can you train if you got your sneakers stolen? You know, you get the guy that I'd have played if I wouldn't have torn this knee up. No, you wouldn't have. You know why? Because you're p- you wouldn't. You wouldn't have done it.
0: Fairly Dickinson. He is already a jungle legend. You've got to ring the doorbell
3: with your elbow. The heroes in your life are not the people on television. They're the people that you watch television with. I
0: grew up in the eight one eight. So did the maker. Eight one eight for life, for baby. Life. See you at the sagebrush cantina, brother. Eight one eight for life. Eight one eight for life. Eight one eight for life. Signed, Dom. <coughs> Ron Hunter joining us. I don't know what I remember, but I was. So disappointed at 27 GM, man, I
3: couldn't get to the top 10. I was was really mad. Matter of fact, you brought it up, I'm mad now that you just said it. Dad,
0: man, I can't wait to go ham in that game this weekend. Said, yo, son, do you even know what that means? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. What? You know, I'm going to go hard. I'm like, no, that's not what that means. So may no distraction intrude on this day bright and perky, such as projectile excrement smack from Rex in Albuquerque. P.J. Tucker. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, man. How you doing? Good. So are you able to shake off a loss like that pretty quickly, or does a loss like that maybe linger a little bit longer? I've been telling you P.J. P.J. That was weird. That was super weird. I don't know. (laughs) That's my new system for tough questions. Jimmy Butler has come up huge.
1: Philadelphia won. That's a minor point compared to everything
0: else that went down in that game. Yeah, I thought the confetti was going to drop too And both sides talking immense junk after the game, the most in the I don't want a Celtic Sixers playoff matchup. I need it. I'm not going to worry about it, but I
3: am going to worry Listen about it. Listen up, old hard. man. You should be eternally grateful they didn't kick your ass curbside after that Larry Nassar scandal. You couldn't handle that thing any worse, you enabling scumbags. For a number of in my reasons.
0: book, a 77-year-old's genitals being manipulated and put to tape is illegal. And even if it isn't, it should be. I know the release of said tape should be. I'm not looking at it. I know you will, but I'm not. Jaw, just stuff that dude in a coffin. Don't jump with Jaw. Print that immediately. Get it to the people. Put it on a shirt. Don't jump with Jaw because you'll get ruined. Mike Brown is my guest. One of the great D&D dungeon masters back in the day. Were you as good as everybody said you were?
2: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you never see amazing, Jim. Oh, my God. Mike
0: Young. All oh, right, so he had the chance to see Kentucky walk onto the practice floor the other day. Quickly turned around and walked back out. My eyes were playing tricks on me.
1: Black <laughs> <Flat> golf fever.
0: case <laughs> idiot Dr. Boudreaux. I, like I like my, my chances. chances. Emily Dickin-Lesks. They go through your Johnson. Crook! Chimichanga tumble. Jim, we will see you there. Texas Escondido. it if I'm going to make it.
1: That's for tomorrow, Jimmy. Bring it on,
0: bitch. Amen, brother. Brother, this is March. Good night, now. Amen brother. Great job Alvy. Good night. Now.